Welcome to the Pure Michigan Podcast with House Smith and Mr. Zolo. Keeping it lit for the mid. Yes, sir. And this place is special to me. It's special to the guys that I played with. It's special to the guys that played before me. Because we love Michigan. Swinging a fly ball. Left field and deep. It's way back. The Tigers are going to the World Series. Yes, sir. of the Wolverines, the Bad Boys, the Red Wings, and the Honolulu Blue. The team, the team, the team. It's time for the PMP. It's time to go to work. Giants up for Detroit. A lovely city. Buddies, welcome to the inaugural podcast, the Pure Michigan Podcast. I'm Housemith, here today with Mike Palazzolo. How you doing, Mike? I'm good. We're here to give you all the whispers down Woodward House. <laughs> all the whispers. Just a couple of pure guys talking about pure things. Um, we've had this idea for a while. Uh, I, myself, have had a podcast in... Uh, some house music for a while. Many of you, I'm sure, are aware. Mike's got a little experience himself. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm in the media field. I'm finishing up school at U of M Dearborn. Uh, but I've done an internship at Fox 2 in the sports department, and I've seen the goings-on on the TV side. And then last year I interned at Detroit Sports, or this summer actually, from uh, December until June of this year, I interned at Detroit Sports 105.1, and I've seen the radio side. And it's, uh, it's a fun business, and we're ready to go. And I've heard the clips, you either got it or you don't on the airwaves, and this guy does. So it, didn't, it doesn't take a genius to me to figure out that our, the combination of podcasting skills, radio experience, sports knowledge, and just overall pureness is something that I think should be shared. How sick was both ways? I could say the exact same things about you. And we're not going to give many guarantees on this podcast, but one thing we will guarantee is that this podcast is going to fuck. And two guys that you're listening to right now, they fuck. It's going to fuck. So, how blue are It's going to fuck like the state of Michigan. Um, Often neglected by the, the rest of the country, they really underestimate how powerful and how awesome this state is, how beautiful up north is, how how great. How blue the collars are, and how blue the Michigan blood in our veins are. But we're a couple guys, big fans. Big. I'd put the Michigan Wolverine football team pretty much over anything, but no slouches when it comes to the Detroit Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons. We'll even throw in a little Michigan State to appease the Spartan fans out there. Appease, we'll appease. They're as much as I. I hate those bastards. They're. I love that they exist because it's it's fun to to have rivals of that caliber that you can still I can still feel the my how my stomach felt couldn't agree more couldn't agree more in fact uh, standing next to your brother the only game me and Sam have ever watched together oh you can't do it again standing next to each other to echo that I've had trouble through the first three weeks of Monday Night Football here because 
Sean McDonough's voice just, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can ever listen to him. He's amazing too, but after, after he has trouble with the snap, I don't know if I could listen to much Sean McDonough ever again in my life. So back to the podcast that Fox and what we're going to do on this show. We're going to range in topics like, for instance, today, we're going to start off talking about some fantasy football, some NFL football, some spreads, some players specifically. We're going to typically, if possible, we'd like to bring on a guest this week to kick things off. We got Michigan insider David Frederick Upton Stover, known as Upton to the most of you. Um, a guy who just absolutely bleeds maize and blue for generations, born and raised in Ann Arbor. And just his whole family is deeply ingrained in the program. This guy doesn't know any recruiting move, coaching move, anything that happens with the program. Uh, doesn't get nothing gets by him. So it'll be great to have him on talk about this uh, young season. Uh, but we'll also get into some other sports. Maybe talk about some music. Uh, just you know things that guys that fuck are into. The best time of year for sports, too, I'd like to oh, add. Oh, by far. Hockey season's kicking off here, basketball season, baseball season's I mean, after down. the drought, too, of, of nothing yeah. but baseball. Yeah, then just and then we get obliterated. Out. And and like like House said, we're going to touch on everything. You want to talk about where to eat in Detroit? We'll talk about that. You want to talk about recent shows that you've been to? We'll talk about that. We're going to cover a lot of ground here because that's what we do. We fuck. This is a podcast for the buddies, especially the pure Michigan buddies, if you're listening, chances are you're pure as well. If you got a, uh, a topic or idea, I think you could contribute, what, bring some insight onto something. Uh, maybe shoot me a text. We can get you on as an interview. We'd love to have you guys on. We'd love to hear from you. We want you to contribute. Let us know. You want us to talk about something, we'll talk about it. Just get in touch with us. By the buddies for the buddies. Um, hopefully, if all goes to plan, this is going to come out on, on SoundCloud and iTunes, so it should be uh, cheesable for everybody. Um, okay, let's get into it, though. Let's The thing that, as much as all these real sports are great, the thing that dominates the mind of most like-minded individuals this time of year is fantasy football. Um, how's your squads doing so far, Mike? So my main squad is a two-quarterback league that I'm not comfortable sharing the buy-in because it's so absurd. I have to split the I have to split the team with somebody. But it's two and one. I had a Monday night miracle yesterday, thanks to Mark Ingram. Uh, I've mentioned it's a two-quarterback league, and my two quarterbacks I've had I, I've just been picking wrong. And yesterday I had Carson Palmer going, but I'm two and one. It's early in the season. I'm in the top four, you know, and I, I love my squad. It's a solid squad. What about you? How many leagues are you in, and how do you, how do you feel about him? Oh. I, it got out of hand this year, and I got to figure out how to trim it down. I'm up to four, yeah. which it's good. I have two Yahoo, two ESPN, so just go quick between the two apps. Um, not hard to keep up with, actually, nowadays. The apps are great, but it's more than I'd like. I like to have two, but I – I don't know which ones to get rid of. I've got the one. I'm not sure if you saw the video on Facebook I posted. I did. That's how long have you guys been doing that league? Since eighth grade. That's the so Waterbury it's been Open, right? In years, and we yeah, the Waterbury Open. We keep up in the game every year. Um, everyone brings it. This is actually the first year we only started doing it live two years ago in Chicago. This is the first year we've actually been able to get everybody together. Got a place up in Boyne City. Everyone has to put in serious thought into their team name and full costume before you come out and make your, your first pick. Everyone takes oh, it very man. seriously. And it's the beauty of fantasy football. A lot of these high school friends would probably fade 
from your life as they often do with most people and instead it's one of the best uh days of the year we all look forward to that's why we have fantasy um, leagues my two quarterback league i'm i'm the newcomer i've been doing it for about six years and um the guys that have been in the league have been doing it with Yahoo since 2000. So this is their 16th year doing fantasy football, which to me is just incredible. And uh, it's the same drill I've seen, and everyone's in their 30s or some guys are in their 40s in the league. And same drill, a lot of old friends, high school friends that were just trying to stay together. Uh, I'm sure the listeners are riveted with our own fantasy teams, but let's give them some, uh, some analysis here. We're going to yeah. do our first segment hopefully the first of many that we're going to develop as we go. And that's does he fuck? We're going to each list throw out a, a guy at each position and determine if he's for real, if he fucks, if he's a pretender, if he doesn't fuck. Throw out the first one, Odell Beckham Jr. Does he fuck Mike? Okay, he was my first round pick in a league. Like I, I met this is the third time I mentioned I'm in a two-quarterback league. I took him at pick nine. Um, I think he fucks. I I truly think he fucks. It's too early to give up on him, in my opinion. Uh, he hasn't benefited from Eli looking elsewhere. Sterling Shepard was supposed to have a good I, year. A big, I'm yet. big on him. He, yeah, and Victor Cruz has, has surprised a lot of people. I mean, he's back. He's healthy. And Eli always liked him. Um, it didn't help. I think a good sign for OBJ this week was that he had Josh Norman on him and still ended up with 100 yards. So I think he fucks. It's too early. He's Odell Beckham. It seems like it's inevitable. He's going to have huge games. It's he coming. is especially in that division. It's, it's, it's on its way, and I know they played Dallas already, and they played Washington. But you know, you're going to get those teams in at home eventually. And you're, you know, I I like I like Eli as a fantasy quarterback, and I like him because he has OBJ, and it's only a matter of time. They always seem to figure out a way to get that third receiver. I mean, mm -hmm. I think if Victor Cruz is back, there's a lot of a lot of mouths to feed. I mean, what do we got? His first three games, Odell still had 8, 11, and 11 targets. Yeah. It, well, Larry Donald didn't help. He's, he's a fantastic tight end if you can get him on your uh, you can get him on your waiver wire. He seems to be a guy that always exploits good matchups. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of mouths to feed, like you said. It's not going to really get easier for him this week against Minnesota, but the Green Bay, Baltimore, L.A. stretch coming should be more uh, forgiving. Agreed. Agreed. Who's next? Um... We got Marvin Jones. Does he fuck Detroit's own? So we know he's pure. Um, he had a slow start, but exploded onto the scene, the national scene, really, national fantasy scene this week. Do you think he uh, can sustain it? So if I'm correct, Marvin Jones is the only wide receiver in the National Football League currently over 400 yards, which is absurd. Um, I think he fucks, and I, of course I'm, I'm going two in a row with guys that fuck. Uh, I'll give you a couple reasons. Uh, I'm a Lions season ticket holder, so I they have invested. I have invested interest in them, and I watched a lot of preseason Lions. And uh, Matthew Stafford seems to love Marvin Jones. He's always targeting him. He gets the most targets per game thus far. It was like that in the preseason, and I think as long as the targets stay high, he, he's going to be making plays. So yeah, I think Marvin Jones fucks. So that begs the question: Does Golden Tate still fuck? His uh, he definitely was a firm guy that fucks in the past, and one thought everyone thought, okay, big guy's out of town now. Eighty one's gone. It's just gonna go just like uh, I don't know, was it a year or two ago when he got that shot as the number one and yeah. just tearing it up? Yeah, and he was fantastic when when the Cooter offense was implemented after what week eight or week nine last year. 
ABC, the JBC play of the week might have to be the JBC call of the week. Coup of the week might have to be a new segment uh, for future episodes. Yeah, and by the way, we're not going to touch on politics much on this podcast, <laughs> but if you want, feel free to write in Jim Bob Cooter for president because he would make a fantastic choice over the two candidates we have now. Talking about a guy coming into an ugly scene and turning things around, look no further than JBC. Everyone thought that the offense was... Well, we're talking. We're talking about. We're still talking about a guy who's the offensive coach of a one and two team. Um, although it just, I, I've liked what I've seen at times from the offense, but it, it is the Lions just being the Lions again. Back to Golden Tate. Um, I I think uh, he he still fucks, but I don't think he's going to be fucking as hard as he used to personally because of Marvin Jones. Because Eric Ebron has taken a step, and then Anquan Bolden is, brings an element to the slot. How old is Tate? Had. Um, let me look. I want to say he's south of 30. I don't know for certain. Um, but he he's going to be around for a while. I'm pretty sure it's a five-year deal. Um, but I, he, he's going to be here. So I don't think he's going to give you the 15-point games that he had. But he's still a very efficient guy. Marvin Jones and Golden Tate are the two... I think they, they lead the league over the last five years in drop rate. They have the lowest drop rates in the league. So those are two good options to have. And then Anquan Bolden's always been very reliable as well. Golden Tate is 28 years old. He just turned 28, and he's here for another three years, I'm pretty sure. So. And now Anquan doesn't fuck quite at the same rate that he used to, yeah, but he, he knows dog. how to do it. And the one thing, if I had to have a critique on – on Kelvin, and me and my dad, I've always thought it through the years. It never mm-hmm. seemed like he had the killer mentality at the end with the game on the line, like finishing finishing games. That's And I think Anquan might have a little bit of that in him. Yeah, he's made a play or two in his career. He's played in a Super Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl. Um, we'll never forget. I don't know if you remember this far back, but we a, a one Charles Rogers, of course, a Michigan State Spartan uh-huh. that never panned out. Uh, his first game as a Lion was against, and he was the number two overall pick, it was against Anquan Bolden playing for the Cardinals. And the other rookie wide receiver, Anquan Bolden, was the star that day, not Charles Rogers. Oh, yeah. He's he, had a very consistent career. Uh, it's, it's, it's almost like the Lions don't have a history of drafting receivers high that don't pan out. No, line. not at all. Never have. That never have. So that's uh, Marvin, Marvin Fox. Let's get on to uh, here's a here's one. We'll go on to the quarterbacks. Carson Palmer does he fuck? Now he's coming off a week right now. Uh, I was Matt Barry talking about how he just wants something to do, somebody to do what they're supposed to do in fantasy football. You got Simeon leading the league in points, uh, the and Roethlisberger problem. and Palmer combining for nine points. Um, Palmer's looking old. He might might be one of those. Eh, is he never recover from a game like that NFC Championship? That was a bad game for him, definitely. Um, I think I think Carson Palmer still fucks. I think his window is closed after this year, and he knows that. And he's getting good plays. Michael Floyd hasn't been healthy. He hasn't targeted John Brown as much. They've been running the ball, and then they played some good defenses as well. Um, Last week he was okay against Tampa, but week one he went up against you know an okay Patriots defense, and this last weekend he went up against your second team, the Buffalo Bills, and on the road and things like that happen, and it doesn't help that uh, Carson Palmer has to play the Rams, the Seahawks, and 
the uh, and 49ers. Those are three. Those are three really good defensive fronts. Uh, they bring the rain uh, in the box, and I I think Carson Palmer is he's going to have to weather the storm. I say he still fucks for now, but if his production stays on this path. Uh, for the next, I'd give it another month, another three or four weeks. Uh, I'm going to take him off the fuck list because he had a very weak finish last year. And um, he threw a lot of interceptions. So, I, But right now, he fucks. You don't want to get thrown on the DNF mm-hmm. list? No, it's not a permanent list. You can get it no. back. It's not, But it's not a list you want to be on. You don't want to be on the PMP DNF list. No, not <laughs> at all. Avoid it if at all possible. So fucks for now for Carson Palmer, but... His future might be a little bit bleak there. Um, okay, how about uh, Russell Wilson? Uh, I'm, I'm every guy we've named right so far. I've said fucks. Um, I'm gonna say fucks again for Russell Wilson. Uh, he's just been injured. Now it's difficult here more than ever to to get tied in the fact that he's undoubtedly doing the actual fucking and for well, yeah, maybe the uh, first his, time his recently. wedding to Sierra. Do you think his increased fucking off the field could be of an effect on his current less fucking on the field? Well, it should, but there's no way to gauge this because he's been injured. But yes, it should. Uh, it, it's a no-brainer to me, um, especially with Sierra. Uh, she, she's a good-looking lady. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if you saw, they were in Venice, and TMZ got a hold of them, and, and they're, uh, they're, they were all smiles the next day after their wedding, and you know why. Of course. Um so I right now same drill as for Carson Palmer. Uh, Russell Wilson fucks. Um, even even in his limited. Congrats time, on the sex, think, Russ. Think congrats on the sex. Weekend. Yeah, congrats on the sex, Russ. Really. Congrats on the sex, but we're talking about fucking, not yes. sex. So the two totally different subjects. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I I feel good about Russell Wilson, especially what he did in only a half. Right, he he left at the half uh, the other day. Yeah. Um, it's been disappointing. That offense looks stagnant. Um. It'll get there. It'll get there. Uh, once they get that running game going, but I like their wide receivers. T. Graham's a little bit healthier now than he's been. And it's always been the biggest mystery to me why they can't figure out how to give Jimmy Graham the fucking ball. But yeah, they'll get there though. He he's I mean, he's two people have outscored him since the middle of last season. Uh, I still think he's good. And one thing I pointed out to you in the pre-show is. Russell Wilson only he he never missed a snap in his career since he took over as the starter in Seattle. Yeah, until that Rams game. I don't know if he missed in that first game of the year or yeah, it was the Rams game. This was the first time he missed a snap or the Dolphins game. But he's he's very you know he's a tough dude. He's a little dude. He kind of reminds me of Drew Brees, and uh, I I like Russ. Yeah, I think he's he, he's a man when it comes to going out there. Like you said, he he's, he plays. He shows up and. Showing up is a big part of fucking. As Jim Harbaugh would say, he's a football player. He's a football guy. <laughs> um, so we have to speed up this this next round. We're taking too too long on each guy. Todd Gurley. Uh, Todd Gurley, Bucks. Uh, same drill as Russell Wilson. He plays in a tough division, but you saw what he's capable of this weekend. Uh, he's just got to get it going, and it'll happen here soon. He's he's about to hit a good stretch. Todd Gurley, fucks. Okay, how about who fucks between Devonta Freeman? And Tevin Coleman. This is the this is like the question of the year. And then, of course, last night they just completely blurred the answer to the question even more because they both put up twenty six points in standard scoring leagues. I'm gonna go with Tevin Coleman as the guy that fucks because he gets about sixty percent of the snaps as opposed to Freeman's forty. Freeman might be the better running back, and he ran great last night. But Tevin Coleman gets more snaps, and 
and more importantly, he gets the red zone reps. That's why he had three touchdowns yesterday to Freeman's one. Um, I would go with, if you, if you, if you have the cuff, if you have both of those backs, I would choose Tevin Coleman over Freeman, but Freeman's a great alternative. They both fuck. Tevin Coleman is doing more of the fucking, um, a few facts from the, uh, draft day guide, Tim Hightower and Amir Abdullah were among the 27 running backs who had more rushing yards than Devante Freeman had just 3.1 yards per carry. Um, Hightower had 16 fewer, Abdullah had 32 fewer. So between week 9 and 17, he was tied for fourth in receptions among running backs, but just 15th in receiving yards and 20th in total yards for running backs. He had that, was it the first few weeks of the year, Mike, that he had that explosion? There were three weeks in a row where he had three touchdowns, wasn't there, if I remember? Blowing out teams. If you had him early last year, you probably went deep in the play or went to the playoffs. It happens time and time again with how hard the guys work in this league on defenses and in the film room. They're gonna figure out unless you're unless you're an elite superstar, which I don't think anyone's gonna say that he is. He might be the better back out of the two, but if you're not that elite superstar, teams and defenses are gonna figure you out, figure out your tendencies, figure out what you can and cannot do, and by the time that catches up to you, then you're averaging two yards a carry. So. I'm going to say Coleman fucks, fucks harder. That the Atlanta Falcons coaching staff likes Tevin Coleman more. So I also like Tevin Coleman more for that reason. I like what he does in the red zone. He'd be my guy if I had him. Um, Jordan Reed. Uh, Jordan Reed does not fuck, in my opinion. He was a good guy to have last year. Um, Captain Kirk, who is garbage, in my opinion, and the the... Washington Redskins are the biggest dumpster fire organization in all of sports. As uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker once said on South Park, Washington Redskins, go fuck yourself. Doesn't like um, that. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't – I don't like anything about the Redskins offense. Uh, and then you throw in Deshaun Jackson. Uh, they still have Garcon, uh, Jamison Crowder. And then they Crowder's have been doing Josh okay. Doxson this year who's actually okay. Yeah, it's, there's just too many cooks in the kitchen in that offense. Uh, I'm going to go my first time all day here. Jordan Reed does not Jordan, fuck. Jordan, the first the member three. firmly in the PMP's for DNF life. list. Jordan, let's hope for a speedy recovery. Yeah. And last, let's end it off with a city that traditionally doesn't fuck. The football team has never fucked once. It's a virgin football team. But maybe the city's coming back with the baseball basketball team. We got Barnage in Cleveland. What do you think? Yeah, Gary Barnage is another interesting case. Right now, I'm going to say he doesn't fuck as long as Terrell Pryor and Cody Kessler are throwing the ball to him. However, one thing of note is last year when Josh McCown took over the team for uh, Johnny Football, Gary Barnage, um, I think from week eight or week nine on, uh, was putting up 14 points a game for fantasy tight ends. That put him in... First place, even over Rob Gronkowski, who was at 12.4, I think, over that same time period. And McCown will be back soon. He, he could be back in a week or two to be throwing him the ball again. But for now, I'm going to go not fucks on Gary Barnage. I have him on one of my teams, and it's been disappointing. But uh, I think Gary Barnage is the guy that can get, get it going soon, especially while... Uh, time and time again, it's just tough to have a Brown. You yeah. think uh, you think Josh Gordon has any any hope of making some ripples? Well, the, he's made ripples as a Cleveland Brown in the past, so yes, I'm going to say yes. I'm excited for Josh Gordon to get back. 
just to see what he'll be able to do. Yeah. It feels like such an ancient memory. How good was that? Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. What was interesting going into this year, something I didn't know, is that Josh Gordon and Robert Griffin played together at Baylor. So people are super excited about that because they thought, hey, maybe really? they can get it going together again. They only played oh, for yeah. a year before Baylor, before uh, Josh Gordon was, of course, kicked off of the team. Um, but, yeah, it, it, I, I hope for the best for Josh Gordon because he's one of the most exciting players in the league. And I I think he can get back to some fucking when he gets back, no matter who the quarterback is, as long as they can get the ball downfield. Josh Gordon will fuck. I, I like it. I like it. All right, let's move on to the uh, the real football game with the real football teams. Some often forget that. A lot of tough games to pick this week, um, as is it seems like every week lately. Let's let's go with uh, another segment. We got our lock of the week against the spread. Um, what are you going with, Mike? Uh, I like Carolina minus three at Atlanta. Um, the Falcons have been there. Remember, Denard Robinson used to win the September Heisman. I think that the Atlanta Falcons are the perennial September Super Bowl champions every year. Um, they are a farce. I don't like their defense. It's improved from over last year, but not as good. Um, I don't like when Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu are a little injured. Um, Matt Ryan yeah. has been he's been the only quarterback in the last five years to be in the top five or in the top three even for September in point in fantasy points. Um, I just think Atlanta is a farce and it's October 2nd on Sunday. And that's why I like the Carolina Panthers. They have to bounce back. Uh, I think it's a team that Cam Newton has a potential to light up for five or six touchdowns, even maybe. Uh, so I like the pick. I don't, it doesn't seem like they, they're, they're a good team. They might not have the spark mm-hmm. they had last year. I think uh, the Super Bowl loss like that, the big loss, just like Mr. Palmer, I think it'd stay with the guy. I don't think he has the same swag. Agreed. Agreed. We'll see. What about you? Um, What's your lock of the week? Well, it being the Pure Michigan podcast, we're of course not homers here. Why would we ever be homers making biased picks like that? And especially you can't let it influence your gambling. But I firsthand got to witness the atrocity that is the Chicago Bears on Sunday Night Football. <laughs> uh, bearing down, coming from living in a city where you hate all the professional sports teams, and I can tell you we've had many conversations with it. I came in, I moved here four years ago with them all being the rivals, but being immersed in the fans on a day-to-day, year-to-year basis, the hatred really grows. Um, I want to beat Chicago teams more than anything. Agreed. And who's your least favorite Chicago team, too? Oh, it's not even close. The Blackhawks. I okay. Yeah. For me, it's the team you're about to name. Yeah. Close second is the Blackhawks. It's and it's it's why everyone has completely ditched the Bears because they are they have Cub fever around here. Everyone's all in on the Cubs, setting up for what? I'm not a, I'm not an anti-Cubs guy. Got no reason to be, but. Many, many of my Michigan brethren in Chicago have adopted that policy, too. There's no reason not to, to root for them. But I, I know that all those Cubs fans in their pinstripes are just fucking Blackhawks fans dressed in blue. And I hate when they're and happy. Bears fans. And so Bears fans. I can't. I went to one. I wanted to go to Wrigley. and went to a couple of games. We had good seats. I had drank some beers. I did not have fun. Um, I did some golf claps. Baseball's a tough game to watch without a rooting interest. But I digress. 
Couldn't agree more. They're in town. I'm not going to be able to get back to Ann Arbor this weekend like I like, but I do get the consolation prize because I'm going to see the lock of the week. The Detroit Lions are going to come in minus three and beat the Bears. Uh, I think they they got you know punched in the mouth last week against the Packers. Uh, they're going to come out firing on all cylinders. They've played well against the Bears. They match up well against the Bears. Let me tell you this. Every team in the NFL matches up well against the Bears. Um, they're bad. I think that Maddie is going to have a day, and I hope I can uh, witness it. It's always fun to win on the road in Chicago. I can always. You're a lucky bastard for being able to go. Have you been to Soldier Field yet? I haven't. Yeah. It, it, I haven't. Last, this is my first year yeah. with a, uh, okay. what's that called? A salary. Soldier Field does not fuck. Let me let me start there. It's a shithole. It's another mistake by the lake. I've gone to a, a, I've gone to a no, tailgate. It, um, so even with the tradition... It's no good. It's no good. And you are a lucky bastard for being able to witness that game in person. I hope we eviscerate um, I, I, I'm with you. I think Matt, Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford is going to light the Chicago Bears defense up. And I'm going to make, uh, make the, uh, the hot take bold prediction that I think Golden Tate comes back hard this week. I think this is uh, – he gets the mojo back, gets in maybe uh, – gets up over three, uh, three digits in yardage, and they uh, – because if you overlook him and forget about his talent, with it's easy to do with those other guys on the field. I dare you to let him run free, you know? Don't let JB have a weapon. It's Goldie's week. Goldie's week. Goldie's week. All right. Um, we might dive more into football, analyze a few games, maybe make three locks of the week moving forward. But when Michigan football doesn't have that big of a week, we will get more into the Lions and everything. All roads lead to number four versus number eight at the big house in Ann Arbor. We need to get to that. We want to spend the majority of the time breaking down that game. So let's cut to uh, Michigan insider Upton Stover and bring him in for some insight. Look, if you had one shot or one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, one moment, did you capture it? Just let it slip. Yo. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous, but on the surface, he looks calm and ready to drop. Pure Michigan podcast, inaugural guest, bringing in the Michigan insider, Upton Stover. Upton, glad to have you here. How are you? Thanks, Jay. I'm great. Thanks for having me, Mike. Nice to meet you. Big ups to you, Upton. Sorry, I had to do that. We're, we're all Michigan guys, but to give you the Michigan Insider title, that's, uh, you know, that, that doesn't come easy. You had to earn that. That's an honor. It's definitely <laughs> an honor. I, I feel like I've been supplying uh, the bullets for Intel for, for uh, about five, six years. So. We, don't throw, we don't throw those titles around willy-nilly around here at the, uh, at the PMP, so it, it's earned. <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, let's uh, get into it. A lot to talk about with this, the first podcast and the season underway. I guess to start, what are your initial thoughts on the first two games and the start we're off to? And maybe some concerns you have. Uh, well, I can first say is Jimmy's home and he's got us. He's got us. We're going to the national championship. Winning it all. I, don't, so I keep trying it. not to say it, but I want to believe it. Uh, yeah, you're right. I should, should hold my tongue just a little bit. It's, I mean, it's been awesome. The uh, I've been to 
two games so far, going back to my third for Wisco. The stadium's electric. Jimmy, the boys, the way they play, they're so fast. That defense is incredible. Um, it's it's so much fun to be a part of it. As a guy who, you and I, our freshman year was the beginning of the Rich Rod era. So we saw mm, some shit. Yeah, and okay. it's just a different feeling in there than, I've seen a lot of games in the big house, but it just, they have a team that is not only good, but good in the way that Michigan's always traditionally been good. We stop the run, play defense, run the ball, impose our will. It's just so refreshing to see. The classic coach line. Mike, what about you? What are your thoughts initially on the year? Yeah, Upton, I love when you mentioned uh, the defense so far. Um, I'm, I'm blown away by it. Um, I, I love Don Brown. I love everything he does. I think he's earned the title of Dr. Blitz. Uh, love the mustache, of course. And uh, one thing I've noticed is when when the, the blitzing and all that and the massive pass rush and all the havoc in the backfield, when that doesn't work out, you're susceptible to big plays. And Upton, I want to get your thoughts on if you think Jordan Lewis and and DeMonte Thomas and everybody in Stribling, if you think they're going to hold up when they enter Big Ten play because they're going to have their work cut out for them with big plays downfield. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I think we saw that a little bit. Uh, what was it? Three against Colorado. Uh, we saw the yeah. RD get exposed a little bit. Even a little bit UCF, there's a couple big plays um, that kind of got yeah, everybody that, wet in the bed a bit. That's always been Michigan's Achilles' heels, uh, you know, covering the mobile quarterback. And, you know, we saw against Central Florida, we uh, messed up a little bit. We blew some assignments, and that quarterback and running backs, when they got room, I mean, our secondary didn't just stand a chance. So, I think one area of concern as far as the blitzing goes is I don't think our safeties are particularly fast. And so I think we will, hopefully not often, but I think we will see our safeties continue to get beat over the top unless, you know, we can play a little cover too deep with, you know, Jordan holding down one side and, Struggling on the other side. The Clark injury was Yeah, that's what I was going to ask next. How do you think the Clark injury affects this secondary that you're saying was already maybe a bit slow up top? Yeah, I mean, you know, Jeremy was playing pretty damn well. I mean, he, he was he's so big. And that's one thing I love about the corners or how big they are, except for obviously Jordan Lewis, who's kind of more of a, you know, he's going to stick to you and never, never leave your side. Like glue. Uh, the other guys are so physical. Um, but, you know, they weren't that fast. So when the safeties aren't that fast, they're just going to destroy. Um, but, I mean, that only happened two or three times. And it blew out each opponent by smallest margin victory at 17. So, you know, there's, there's definitely some, you know, negatives in the grand, like, dream that's going on for all of us, I feel like. Because this has been incredible. I love Michigan football. I've always loved Michigan football, but it's fun to watch again. But And I think when you're talking about the defense and how many risks it can take, obviously Dr. Blitz is bringing a lot of heat, but bringing a lot of, uh, of risk with it. And it's directly correlated to how good your secondary is. If you oh, yeah. don't have guys who can lock them up on the outside, you can't do it. But fortunately for us, we have possibly the best cover guy in the nation. So – being able to take their best big play receiver out of the game is invaluable to a blitz-heavy scheme, in my mind. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And not only do we 
have the best cover man in the country. We also have Dr. Blitz's colleague, Dr. Peppers. <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Peppers. <laughs> I mean, this guy, we can blitz him, we can put him in the secondary. I think we continue to blitz him all year long because I don't think anyone can block him. He's too fast. A Mr. Stover, of course, referencing Michigan running back slash wide receiver slash linebacker slash nickelback slash cornerback slash punt returner slash kick returner Jabil Peppers. He could probably kick it, too. <laughs> he could probably kick. kick it. And he can pass. What's amazing with, with Jabril is the linebackers were supposed to be the point of weakness this year after losing James Ross and losing uh, who, who else they, they lost, the Cast Tech kid. Uh, Royce Jenkins Stone and Desmond Morgan, Joe Bolden, and uh, now they're they're coming back. And Mike McCray has been one of the best linebackers in the Big Ten, and Jabril Peppers has been one of the best linebackers in the country. And uh, I think for overnight that turned into a point of a point of expertise in Don Brown's defense is the linebackers, and I love what he's done. And uh, I think that's only benefited the D line, and it's only benefited the secondary. And it's something I'm looking forward to going into Big Ten play here, or the rest of Big Ten play. Um, Upton, so how do you, uh, one, are you concerned at all with him overworking and playing too much? And two, how do you, what do you think he needs to do to get an invite to New York City? Oh, for the Heisman. Man, yeah. I mean, if he, if he scores that touchdown on that power touchdown. Oh, I know. Like, well, it was going to get called back anyway. But. You know what? But he still got credited for that yardage, so that was right. Um, if he would have scored that, he's he's in the top three, I bet. Because going into last week, so random. I mean, he was the leader in the nation on tackles for loss. He's everywhere in the backfield. I mean, I mean, if he, if he touches you and you got the ball, you're down. Like, and he lays the wood too. Every hit's a big hit. He's crushing people. Yeah, and that is one thing I feel like we have not seen since like Brandon Graham or yeah. you know yeah. the, you know, the yeah. Lord Mike Martin. Mike, Mike Martin for me. If you, you know, really, if you want to be a real Michigan football team, you got to be able to have a few guys that are punching guys in the mouth. And I, we we have that 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 pop on the pads. You can you can hear it live. And preferably, like, not like the tail of the wand, like, punch, but, like, <laughs> right. like the actual, like, the crack. Yes. Um, so you think, I'm getting, I mean, it's probably going to be, it's going to take a few picks, probably three or four if he wants to get going, probably another touchdown or two. If he can put together an offensive touchdown, special teams touchdown, and a defensive touchdown, really, to yeah. me, it'd be hard yeah. to not... I mean, I don't know if, it, if anyone's going to beat I mean, the guy so from Louisville, but um, how can you not give him an invite? Oh, my God. I mean, you keep him on the you know, punt returns, kick returns. You don't want to overuse him. But I, he hasn't gotten many offensive snaps the past couple of weeks. I mean, probably two or three a game. They're saving that, though, it feels like. Because they didn't kick in with him with the offensive snaps last year until, I don't remember, but it wasn't, it wasn't this early. And then in Michigan State is when he was like prominently featured at running back, and that's when it got really exciting. I mean, that's the thing is he's the best running back on the team, and <laughs> like that, that, like that's crazy. Like, it he's is so. Good. He's the best most things on the team. That's fair. But going, you just mentioned uh, the Spartys a bit. Um, coming into this matchup this weekend, do you think it's more Wisconsin being good? Is Wis is Michigan State? just shitty and pretenders because Notre Dame's no good? Or do you think a little bit of both? Well, I mean, 
what is this? This is year two without Narduzzi. Yeah. Uh, that's his name, Narduzzi? Or? Yeah, Pat Narduzzi. Yes. Yeah. So I think you're, you might see that catching up a little bit. You know, they've always been, when Narduzzi was there, they were always so solid in the secondary as well as yeah. kind of being very aggressive. And look how, look how good how Pitt is. How good Pitt is, how quickly Pitt, Pitt is a contender. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's so, and the Michigan State secondary, I think, is garbage. It's uh, the worst I mean, A Wisconsin then, quarterback taking advantage of a secondary. When has that ever happened in the history of time? Other than it's Russell crazy. Yeah. Going downfield. And their linebackers right now, um, Riley Bullo is injured. He's going to be out a few weeks. And then today they lost uh, John Reschke from Brother Rice, the senior. Oh, He's going to be it. out for the rest of the senior with, a, I think, a foot injury I saw. And that's that's a huge blow because he was playing well. And what I noticed it did with them is Malik McDowell had like zero hurries or something like that on uh, on Saturday. And I don't know if that's a credit to Wisconsin just playing him perfectly or if it's the fact that the linebackers couldn't help him out and the secondary couldn't help him out. But either way, I mean, I think other Big Ten teams, in particular Michigan and Ohio State, should be able to look at that blueprint for what Wisconsin did on how to on how to, you know, outplay the Michigan State defense and in particular Malik McDowell, who's a potential top ten pick for next year's draft. Absolutely. I don't think, you know, State could have a, a, a struggle bus for the rest of the year. They could be catching that ride and I I still would never underplay them. Never. Never. Especially when you're in Michigan. We know Oh, I can yeah. still feel the pit in my stomach from last year. Um yeah. I do think they they're they're poised for a down year, which I would love to see, but I also mm-hmm. think that this Wisco team, I mean, it is tough to move the ball against them. Really tough. They've got a great line. Um they've got and they just kind of do things, they do traditional Big Ten football things that Michigan wants to do. They run the ball, they stop the run, they've got a, a quarterback that's not making mistakes. Uh it kind of sounds like we're describing what we want to be. Um, yeah. <laughs> So, so I mean, you go back. I mean, you guys watch. Do you guys watch that Wisconsin Michigan State game? Yeah, a I little bit. The first half, and then talk I kind of to Harvard for uh, our game afterwards. So talk the about half. the most classic, boring Big Ten beatdown. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a terrible game. There was no exciting <laughs> moments whatsoever. No, I just was. It, I just remember being happy because I kept looking at the score. But there's, I don't have like a a single play to touch on. Oh yeah, that play where they had a great power play to the right and really cracked down on the line. But that's beautiful football. Yeah. yeah, I think the longest play was like 12 yards. <laughs> I believe the term is Big Tenning the fuck out of the ball. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. They, absolutely right. It's, I'm anxious to see it because last week, you know, I think going into the season, the O-line was a big question for us. And those guys imposed their will on the Penn State D-line, wore them out, Got them to quit by halftime. It was great to see. I'm anxious mm-hmm. to see what they do against the line that's pushing them right back. Um, I think I think they'll spread it out a little bit more. I mean, I think you're right with that. I think their D line and their linebackers, those guys, those guys can play. Um, I and I still am not a huge believer in Michigan being able to just like ram it down the opponent's throat. Yeah, um, I mean, you saw that against UCF, you know. Maybe yeah, year year four, year five, when we have all of, all Harbaugh athlete recruits mm-hmm. coming through. But 
I mean, he's going to have to outcoach him. He's got, they've got great little plays. Jake Butt is always open. That's the rule. It always, always seems like he's open. Yeah. That, and I guess going back, so I don't know if I really touched on that. What are my concerns? Yeah. My, my concerns is, you know, slow start where can't get spate, can't get Wilton moving. Yeah. I mean, he, he is the antithesis of, so I've got a call coming and I need to uh, ignore it. It's okay. The Michigan Insider's got a lot of a lot of calls and texts coming in, folks. Gonna, <laughs> this is going to be a regular thing. When you're an insider, the news doesn't stop. I'll be a reoccurring guest. We're just yeah, friend of the program, Upton Stover. <laughs> Welcome aboard. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, getting back to Spate. I mean, he is. He, he can. He, I think he can do it all. As far as him versus Rudock versus like at the start of last year. I mean, Rudock couldn't hit a deep ball to save his life. And that wasn't an option early in the season. Yeah, I mean, he barely could do it at the end of the year. And Spate has thrown awesome deep balls. I mean, you've seen flashes of extreme mediocrity out of him, but at the same time, he's been doing kind of what's been asked of him. It would be awesome if he was a little bit more mobile like a corner. It'd be or, awesome or if he had like maybe a little bit better arm. That'd be great too. Yeah. He'll he'll get there. That comes in time. I mean, you you look at you look at Andrew Luck over time. You look at um, Colin Kaepernick over time, and then obviously last year Rudock just got more efficient, and the throws downfield were a lot better towards the end of the year. And I think that'll all come with Rudak, and he's especially lucky because he's got the playmakers that are going to bail him out between Darbo Chesson. But he might be the best ever in terms of I think every single day that those quarterbacks walk out of practice, they are better than they were at the start of the day. Every single minute with Harbaugh, he's molding them into the guys that they need to be. Mm-hmm. So the I I can guarantee you that the Wilton State against Wisconsin isn't going to be as good as the Wilton against State, and hopefully not as good against Ohio State. Yeah, there's a lot of unknowns with Jim Harbaugh, but we know we got the guy when it comes to the quarterback position. I couldn't I couldn't believe I couldn't agree anymore. Um, the whole crew, the whole crew. I'll bet Shane Morris can start on some other teams. I'll bet. Uh, who's the freshman that coming in? That's coming. Brandon Peters. Peters. I bet Brandon Peters because he's been there since uh, spring camp. I will bet he could run a oh, Peters fuck. And then, and then Oakland, the whole, the whole slew of them. They all fuck because they get <laughs> the fucking with them. Dude, I remember going up when Wilton State. I think had like just committed. He was like maybe there for the spring game or something. He didn't enroll mm-hmm. early. Um, yeah, he was a late commit. He was a late commit. Um, but I remember seeing him at Skeeps, and I remember you know, just being such a kind of a creep you know, <laughs> recruit nerd um, who just like went up to him and like, dude, you're going to fuck any pussy. I'm <laughs> like, this is yours. Like, Michigan you know, inside. So, so, let me, so let me interrupt you there. He's dating a captain from the soccer team who's absolutely gorgeous, by the way. She's so cute. Oh, as if we need the confirmation, we actually have insider information to the insider information that indeed Wilton Fox. Yeah, it's it's confirmed. Um, so let's talk about the running backs a little bit. I I uh I like what they're doing by committee. I, I was listening to uh Wolverine beat a little earlier. And you know, there's the two schools of thought. Basically, do we want we you want to have a workhorse? You want to have a guy that gets in a rhythm. If you if you're one of the guys that believes that running backs need a rhythm and the steady carries, 
I think personally that if you don't have an absolute superstar, if you don't have an Elliot or a Leonard Fournette or one of those guys, um, I'd say keep them fresh and have them for the long haul. I think that each of these backs offers something special. Um, if they can all stay happy and get their fair share of carries, I I, I think that um, Devin Smith's gonna or, uh, Smith's gonna get the the majority, the line share of the carries this week. Davion. Um, Davion, yes. Um, but how do you see that working out? I I mean I think we need to keep Davion getting. Hey, hold on a second. This kid's called me like five times in a row. Just and give me, little, give me twenty seconds. Let's let's do a word from our sponsors. Hey guys. <laughs> Davion. Well, my daddy named Dave, my cousin named Liam, so they named me Davion. <laughs> it was a no-brainer for Mama Smith. One thing I love about Davion Smith is he's one of those, that 2013 class, who are seniors now, and we're reaping the benefits of them, is uh, a lot of them were good Ohio kids. Jake Butt, Davion Smith, Taco Charlton. Those are kids that we went right into their backyard and they all committed. I don't know if you remember, there was a, a Saturday night college game day basketball game against Ohio State. Was that, and, was that and, what um, year? That was 2013. Yeah, that was the year they went to the national championship game. So I definitely right? was watching that game then. And, hey, sorry, eight guys sorry about that. Eight, was, was, that, that uh, was that Herb Street? Yeah, it was Herb. He was complaining about Tara Lawan. Oh yeah, what well, what happened with Taylor Lewan? Did you and... did you see the play? Did you see the play? I didn't see the play. So there's there's a up. play at the end of the game where uh Mar where uh, Mariona throws a ball downfield in two minute drill to Taji Sharp, their their backup wide receiver right. who's is playing really well and playing like a one. So he throws the ball to Taji Sharp. Sharp gets within the five, and it's one of those plays where there's a pile. And uh, everyone's trying to take the guy down, and he's staying up, and you wonder why there's no whistle. So football players are, are they're taught to play till the whistle, and Taylor Lewan ran in right as the oh, whistle was being blown. I, I just blown. watched he it. He just drilled someone, and uh, he got a... Um, uh, it looks like he hit his own guy a lot. Yeah, he didn't, even hit, he didn't even hit the other guy. No, he's, he's, he's playing to the cool. whistle, though. It's a I want to see it from the other angle he here. Let's playing. see you know. But um, you can't blame him because there was no whistle, and he's trying to make sure his guy doesn't fumble. And Herb Street didn't like that. The the backstory on that, full context, is Herb Street lives in Nashville, I'm pretty sure, and he's a huge Titans fan, and uh, that's his team. So I'm sure he was excited to call out. <laughs> I don't think any team. did anybody. I don't think anybody got the brunt of that hit that bad. No, no it, it wasn't like that his bad. Teammate he was did. the one got the brunt of the hit. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry, because it's a street fight between the whistles. Street fight between the whistles. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry, Taylor. <laughs> Taylor Taylor <laughs> Swift Lewan is never, ever, ever getting back together with the Titans. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, okay, we were talking about the running backs, though, right? Yeah, what mm. do you think? Yes. Damian Smith. Yes. Well, it's Davion. because his dad's name Dave, his cut name Leon, so Davion. Davion. Yeah. Um, Davion needs to get 12 to 15 touches minimum. Yeah. I don't I mean, think he needs 25, but I, I would like to see. 
I mean, yeah, I'm just saying that as a minimum. I mean, he needs he needs to get a chance. He, he's the one that needs to get a little bit of a rhythm, you know, a workload, a rhythm. I think all the other backs, um, I mean, you just throw them in there for six, you know, anywhere in between six and ten snaps and get them screen passes, you know, run, you know, rushes. I mean, they're also talented. Um, I mean, yeah, Karan Higdon, man, he is Higdon, he is sweet. Yeah. A lot of Chris people were high on Higdon last year. He was a good, you know, he's he's a good, he's a crafty guy. He can make moves. He sees space really well. And I kind of like the running back by committee thing. And I also understand it. it. He's waiting for someone to emerge. So that's why, I don't know if you've noticed, but every play there's a new back on the field. They all, every play they want to need to prove themselves in there. Yeah. You know, I, I like how Isaac's been running too. I think Isaac's... Isaac's seen the hole better. I think he's fallen forward. He's got better vision this year. He's, uh, and then you got X Factor, Mr. Evans, who God knows what he's going to do. Um, yeah, talk about your ultimate speed back. That guy can fly. And it's also good to have a, you know, God forbid, but have a little uh, safety net built in. It, it's, a, it's a tough position that gets injured a lot. Absolutely, and then you just roll into next year. We got Kareem Walker. That's what I was gonna say. I thought it was gonna be Kareem making the, the splash this yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, we got studs all over the place. This is gonna be. I mean, watch out, Big Ten. Now, do you look this at a? Do you think a guy here. like Kareem, who I'm sure we have great guys coming into, and he's looking at these depth charts like, man, I could be the number one in a lot of places. Do you think that's gonna end up be something like that'll be a problem with how many guys that are getting the ball? I mean, I don't think we know that until next year. I mean, I think he's kind of buying in that he's – I think he's struggled a little bit in the classroom, you know, as you know, all freshmen happen to do. Been there. Michigan Insider Zone might have struggled a little bit, as as did I. Yeah, guilty. Guilty. Uh, Kareem, we're with you, brother. Fight on. <laughs> right there. You got to do you, son. Do you do it. Yeah. Put on for Jersey. Do what you got to do. Although I heard <laughs> that um, – Tyrone Wheatley was telling reporters yesterday that uh, Kareem isn't far from returning and could be practicing in the next week or two. And then someone brought up a good point on MGO blog is um, when you have a guy like that, running backs have such short careers, and it's it's unlikely Jim will hold him out. If it's a guy that can come in and do some work and contribute you know, I don't think we're going to see a redshirt on him. I think we're going to see him this year because, you know, otherwise if you redshirt him, he has two good years and he's gone. Oh, we're all in. I'm all in this year. The pieces yeah, are here this year. Green Walker's very talented. The big dude. And he might be exactly what the running game needs right now. You know, who's a guy I didn't know, I didn't know before uh, last weekend? Who's the other freshman tight end, the huge dude we have? That oh, Devin yeah. He was one of the top recruits coming in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Asi Asi. We, did we get him late? Yeah, he committed on national signing. Right, right, right. Him and a teammate from, uh, I think they went to De La Salle in Concord, California, or somewhere in California. And they were supposed to go together to UCLA. And they were both talking to Michigan. The teammate went to Cal as a D-end or a D-tackle. His name isn't coming to me right now. Um, well, they could use him because Cal's defense is horrendous. Yeah. Horrendous. They got work to do. They, uh, I mean, between him and Wheatley, uh, 
It's classic hardball. We've got the tight end position solidified for years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Whatever his name is. Yeah. Um, okay, what have we talked about? Let's talk about we, – we were just talking about Evans, but let's talk about the other freshman contributors. What do you think of how Gary – guys like Gary and McDoom have been doing so far? Well, Rashawn just blows up plays. I mean, oh. it, it might not, like, seem very apparent right away, but, man, he, I mean, he locks down at least two offensive linemen every time he rushes. Um, there was one play, I think it was against Colorado, where he went in, threw the lineman down. It was like a quarterback, like, late delay. And so, like, he smashed the quarterback, threw him down, and then he chased down the running back behind the line of scrimmage and got him down. I mean, so, the dude is an animal. I think it's it, you have to have a certain amount of football knowledge to be able to watch and determine how well a lineman is doing. It's not like your everyday fan can tell that. But he, I think, it's so easy. He is above that. It's so easy to tell that number three is having an impact already. And I'm just so excited we get to be along the ride to watch him grow. <laughs> and you know what the best part about it is? It's kind of a cliche because um, he's a freshman and it's only his first month into his college career. But he's getting significantly better Oh yeah, every week. He's, yep. he's, he's more of an animal. The next week. I just have I have visions all the time of just like, and the Spartans cannot block this freshman. Yeah. Gary with his seventh tackle for a loss uh, in Spartan Stadium. Tyler O'Connor or Ty Dewey or Terry uh, or whoever their quarterback is, just keeping him on their ass. Yeah. Um so what about the rest of the uh I guess what about any any other freshmen so, that have been standing out to Eddie McDoom? Is 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 it Eddie? Eddie McDoom, Eddie McDoom Dude, from guy, Florida. He, the Florida I mean, recruits have been great for Michigan, by the way. Go ahead, Dalton, sorry. Yeah, no, no, not at all. But yeah, we're, we're finally getting the right Florida recruits, right? We're getting mm-hmm. big Kevin athletic Bush, guys. We're not uh, the, the, the small stat slots. Josh Ushi. Yep. Is Bush playing well on special teams? Yeah, he, he blows people up on kick return. Remember, um, who looked like Predator? There was someone with dreads that used to look like Predator. That used to always make me excited <laughs> on special teams. Uh, he ended up transferring. I forgot his name. Um, oh. Um, he went to like Virginia Tech or something like that. I don't know. Devin Bush kind of reminds me of him. He was like a Oh, it's always good, good to get a new Predator. Yeah, so Ooh. he looks like Predator coming down the field, just getting ready to destroy people on kick or on kickoff. And he's getting reps at linebacker. I don't know about you guys. Um, the, the favorite part of my season so far, uh, especially that Hawaii game, is seeing the freshmen come in and contribute because it has impact everywhere. <laughs> Your freshmen are getting better. They're getting reps. You're, no one's job is safe ever, and that's how they compete every day. They're getting better every day. You could have. I feel like you could have a bad practice. All of a sudden, you're replaced by some freshman who wants it more. So nope. there's no days off in, in our bus camp. I think that's one of the reasons why we've maybe, you know, maybe it's a couple different things, but why we haven't seen Jabril um, on offense, simply because we have new super fast guys. And while Jabril like was one of just a few on the team last year, like Eddie McDoom and Jehu, we were running these, these end around all yeah. game long. And I love it. 
I mean, it's these guys are so fast; they can beat every edge. And it reminds me, um, if you watch that, I think I I like posted it from Michigan's site. There was like a full Charles Woodson highlight tape, and literally the first like ten touches of his offensive career was the same end around over and over again, and he was just way too fast and way too talented to stop it. Like McDoom comes in, he's running a jet sweep, and no one can. No one can really no, stop it. Here. No, and it's predictable too. Um, like they, they, when they, they, when that guy's on the field, I'm sure by now opposing coaches have seen enough. Well, they're setting up the wrinkle right that they haven't showed yet. Yeah, he's gonna toss a pass. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, now, do you think that the team Harbaugh's been great, but do you think the team is suffering without Hoax clapping ability? He was able to fire those guys up without a headset. Out there clapping like no one else. Do you think we're going to miss that for the uh, you know championship run? Well, you know, you, you still have such a big players coach. I mean, <laughs> God, I miss Brady. Never, never will I ever actually say that again. And have you guys been any serious like Oregon? Yeah, and what is Oregon thinking? Oh, yeah. I think Colorado's – maybe Colorado's good. Colorado's yeah. For their division this year, for sure. But Brady Hoke's defense has has suffered over in Eugene, and I feel for him because you want him to succeed. But, I do. Uh, He's a nice guy. He eats a lot. Yeah. The headphone thing was absolutely unjustifiable. How? Day one. <laughs> does he does he wear headphones now? I take that back from day one because his first game was against Western. And uh, I don't know if you remember, the fourth quarter got canceled that game because there's a torrential downpour. So I can understand death by means of electrocution to not wear headphones. But yeah, the other whatever games, yeah, they're, they're unjustifiable. Yeah, I mean, not knowing what's going on with your team is absurd. And then to be on the flip, complete and utter flip side of a guy who's literally running the offense and yeah. who does not have it in him to stop coaching anything. Like, you could just see the – I think it was – in one of the blowouts, we fucked up – I think it was the Colorado game or something where we fucked up a, a kick or something on special teams. The game is well won. You could just see the pain and agony in his face oh, that yeah. there's no mistakes ever allowed. Yeah, but on that, is the, really is the kicking game worry you a little bit? Yeah, you know, I, I was there, and I was – when we were down 14 nothing. I was I was shocked, and I was, I had a couple buddies with me, you know, from the south. First time to the big house, they were expecting to see you know the, this big Michigan line just dominate. And I've been talking about it the entire time, and they just you know they let up those two huge plays, and then a third big play, and a fourth. I mean, really, it was only four big plays that got us on that game. Uh, I'm actually they, happy you mentioned the kicking game because I think Kenny Allen might be injured. Um, I think there's been a decrease in his power. You could see it on kickoffs. You could see it on kicks in general. And I think that's why he's been a little shaky. And uh, I'm kind of wondering, I heard Quinn Nordine, that freshman who was the number one kicker in the country, is also injured. Otherwise, we would have seen him. But uh, the kicking game definitely is a worry right now for me. And uh, I... What do you guys think? Is is that is that something we should keep an eye on? Is it something that could get better? I mean, I think that's something you keep on taking field goal chances. You don't have to go for it on four. But not being able to kick the ball out of the end zone or even hit the end zone, 
Oh, that's just like JV. Scary right now. It's tough. And And it just, what, is there not a man on campus? Get someone on the soccer team or something? Yeah. Let's get Pat out there for some some of his eligibility. I just, in terms of just being able to kick it a long way, there's got to be somebody in Ann Arbor that can, there's not much, there's no aiming, there's no anything, just kick it far. Get the touch back. Joey Julius from Penn State that blew Jordan Lewis up. Oh my god, that guy. That guy's the man. What a savage. See if he wants to be a grad transfer in Ann Arbor. Yeah. Smith, did you see that? What? The uh, the kicker for Penn State. Oh my god, yes. That dude had to be, I mean, that guy has to be like. There's never been, I don't think the game of football has ever seen anything quite like that. I don't think so. I mean, that's like Jared Lorenzen. Jared Lorenzen, but a kicker. He's 370 pounds. Jordan Lewis had a great tweet. Uh, he said, because j- j- Peppers was supposed to block him, and uh, he moved out of the way at the last second. You got to see the video. It's hilarious. And uh, Jordan Lewis had a tweet that said, Jabril made a business decision to consider all part of the they, they are not, Penn State is not heading in a good direction. Their coach is not good. They... Well, we, Franklin isn't the guy for that job. He yeah, was. It's they're they're in trouble. And um, do you guys do you know the difference between Joe Paterno and Harambe? Harambe tried to save that kid. Oh my god! Oh my god! I really miss the big guy right now. I do. You know, I think I feel like Harambe really would have liked this podcast for sure. Yeah, because Harambe's always down the road. Yeah, another big Kyle fucked up. He undoubtedly there's there's so many. You know what? And I really think Harambe would have liked this football team. And going on that to try to to wrap up here, he would have liked this this fist fight that's going to happen on Saturday. Let's. Uh, what are your predictions? Should I go first? Yeah, sure. All right. I think. I think we win thirty-one fourteen. That's not bad. Over the spread, which is at, I believe currently at ten and a half. That's a lot. That's a lot for a team that beat LSU and MSU. I know. I just. We got them at home. I mean, they haven't. I mean, yes, they just play in East Lansing. Can they do that two weeks in a row? I don't think so. I don't think that quarterback can throw on our secondary. Once again, Michigan State's secondary is horrendous. I yeah. hope when we get to them that we throw for a million yards and space all of a sudden the Heisman candidacy see for that. Yeah. Um, but I think I think we continue to play solid ball. I don't think they move the ball that well on us. They've got a good running back, number six. But, I mean, that's my take. I think, I think they get two touchdowns, and uh, we, get some, we get some serious plays. If we can protect Wilton, then we'll be fine. And I think it's a lot of, like you said, it, it's strength on strength for us, which doesn't scare me as much. Like, they don't have that breaking speed, big play thing that's always been our Achilles heel. And if you want to get down and try to beat us in the trenches, I'm pretty confident in, in our boys. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I and I'll coach you then, to be honest. Play, I, think it, I think they could get I think those those touchdowns, I think those come in big plays. But yeah. once again, I don't think they move the ball that well on us. Um, I think they're going to, they might catch us on a play action or something like that. What about you, Mike? Uh, I don't want to commit too much, but for the sake of the buddies, I'm going to do it. Um, I'm giving the edge to Michigan just because they're at home. I think it's going to be very close. I think it's going to be very low scoring. Would they hold LSU to 14 points? 
Yeah, but and their uh, their their coaching and offense is uh, in a really good state right now. LSU. So maybe <laughs> that win's getting less and less impressive. By the way. Yeah. But you got to give a little credit for that Wisconsin defense. I mean, Michigan State's offense isn't kind of Cook and Aaron Burbridge and those guys. It may have taken a step back, but it's still good. They still went in a Spartan Stadium and kept them out of the end zone. I think that counts for something, in my opinion. I really do. And uh, I don't think Michigan's going to score as much. They're not going to be as efficient as they've been. No. And I, I'm going to say, I don't know, they'll, they'll cover maybe from, I don't know, 20 to 10 Michigan. I'm gonna go that way. See, I think, I think that they're playing the second best team they're gonna play this year before the postseason. Yeah. Um, and that's it's they haven't really played anybody. Penn State was weaker than I thought they'd be. Colorado a little better, but they. These are the kind of games that. Well, we won the Florida game last year, but we haven't won a game quite like this yet. And these are the kind of games that, it, while it's not a must-win because it's it's a West opponent and we could still win the East, and blah, blah, blah. these are the games you have to win if you're a championship team. And these are the games that I think Harbaugh is going to be – This Harbaugh teams are going to be accustomed to winning. But it's yeah. got to start somewhere. It, it'd be a really big win for the program. But this is – Wilton's never seen a defense like this. Those Chris Evans has never run against a defense like this. McDoom is not – the best guys that Rashawn Gary's ever seen in his life are going to be on the other side of the line. Um, well, I, I'm anxious yeah. to see him dig deeper, and I like Jimmy's boys though because we so, have we we do what they do but better. So I think I think it's going to be closer than you thought. I think it's uh, like 20, 23, 17, something like that. Ooh, that'd but, be scared. That'd be but scared. Yeah. I don't think it's we're going to be able to rest easy till the till the goes four zeros. But couldn't agree more. I'm gonna I'm gonna add one thing that I did not even take into consideration. Huge X factor for the game. It's for like the third week in a row on Saturdays in Michigan, which shouldn't be surprising. But the weather forecast is rainy and overcast. So once again, maybe my thirty-one points might be high, but I don't know. And so is this? It's a first-year starter for Wisco as well, right? Yeah, they've been rotating quarterbacks. Right, it, it's they've been back and forth. So yes, I think it's a it's a true freshman, but uh, or at least a red shirt. I don't know. But it's yes. just a remarkably similar makeup to their team of inexperienced quarter two quarterbacks playing on a stage they've never seen before. Four versus eight, boys. It's going to be a yeah. hype. Side note: There's three top ten games this weekend. This is a hell of a weekend. Where's Where's game day? Louisville and Clemson is going to be less of a barn burner than we think. I, I think Louisville's pretty good, Lamar Jackson, and I think Clemson's been bad. I think one thing they have going for them is it's Happy Valley or um, Death Valley at nighttime. And oh, then yeah, uh, there's a fly. really good game out west in Seattle between Stanford and Washington. Yeah. I think it's number seven versus number nine. And uh, that Washington team can ball. Wait, where's so, college name day this week? It's going to be in uh, at Clemson. Clemson. Valley. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, we'll see what that kid's made of. He is uh, the fastest I've ever seen at the quarterback position. Making Florida State guys look like pylons. I know. That guy he's, he's is something Denard, else, man. But for the quarterback. <laughs> Denard, but like with a quarterback's mentality a little bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do, not, I do not miss those lobs that he used to throw throw up for, uh, Jump for, for uh, 21 for Hemingway. 
Yeah, anyway. Oh. Good times in the other Good end times the at the Sugar Bowl, time. though. Good times yeah. at the Sugar Bowl. Oh, um, Tell me about it, sweetie. Well, we'll have you back soon, Upton. Uh, thanks for stopping by. Inaugural interview. It was a uh, pleasure, Upton. Good work. Uh, yeah. Good, Good luck in softball tonight and go blue this weekend. Welcome back. That was a great inaugural interview with Mr. Stover. I know you guys uh, you guys haven't even met each other face-to-face, -face, but it's easy to see over the phone uh, the knowledge he's bringing to the table, Mike. Oh, of course, yeah. Very insightful, and I'm excited to uh, – I am excited to meet him. I'm surprised we haven't overlapped in Ann Arbor yet, but maybe this weekend. The guy lives in Denver, and he's flying back for every game. Yeah. That's dedication. Um, all right, but let's talk about uh, – let's get on to the D. Back to the D. Talk about the Detroit Tigers and their playoff chances. Now, it just, I forget what website it was looking at. It does a day-by-day -day percentage playoff chances. And I and it does like a delta how much it changed from the last day. Um, and I, I was looking at it at work today. It was only around like 26%, mm -hmm. having dropped about 22% in one day after us the day before. Um, so I guess what do you think – our chances going forward, and then I guess we'll get to how we got here. Well, they're at that point in the season where one loss can truly change anything. Uh, good news is they won tonight, twelve to nothing, and the team they're chasing, the Baltimore Orioles, lost tonight. So they're one game back. They need a little help from the Blue Jays against the Orioles again, and then Tigers need to beat the. Uh, they need to be able to handle the Indians again. I think they might have Michael Fulmer going tomorrow. Which well, hopefully the resting guys, and it's mm -hmm. going to be yeah. a. Good. Yeah, like Worst case for the Tigers is they nice. might have to play a game 163 just to get into that playing wild card game. Um, I don't think there's any way that they they get to the playoffs without going through that game. Yeah, I mean they would need they would need a lot of help, and they can't. Uh, they they play the lowly Atlanta Braves, who are I'm pretty sure the worst team in baseball. Um, yeah, they, right. they are. They're they're at a 406. Devonte and Tevin doing all the fucking the out there, but the Braves. <laughs> But no, no fucking for the Atlanta Braves for Matt Kemp and the Atlanta Braves. Well, that's good to wait. And I, and to be honest, if I'm sure it doesn't get the managers don't get down to this sort of motivation. But if I'm Cleveland, I'm resting yeah. the guys. I'm letting the Tigers win because God, I want the Tigers in the playoffs because I haven't seen a team dominate another in the regular season like this in recent memory. Can't beat those guys. Yeah, fourteen and three after tonight. Uh, that's a lot. And the Tigers are usually the ones that are doing the fucking to the Cleveland yeah. Indians. But it went the other way. It was an all-hold affair for the Cleveland Indians against the Tigers this year. So how much do you blame LeBron James for that? Um, I'm, not a, uh, I'm not a big fan of LeBron, but I blame more of Brad Osmus for that than I do LeBron James. More Brad Osmus? Yes, more Brad Osmus than LeBron James. Are you a Kyrie guy at all? I mean, I was a James. We'll get into that later. Yeah. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Kyrie guy. I'm, I'm a big Kyrie guy. We'll, we'll um, save that for when we get into the Pistons. But I'm a huge Kyrie guy and Kevin Love and those clowns, just not LeBron. But uh, the, the Tigers are in an interesting position here. Uh, they can't, like I said, the Atlanta Braves are the worst team. They're not the worst team in, in baseball, but they're the worst team in the National League. The worst team in baseball happens to be the Minnesota Twins, who the Tigers have at times struggled against. 
you can't go into Atlanta. Oh, and side note on Atlanta is they're getting a new stadium next year. So this is going to be the last ever series in Atlanta's ballpark, which was uh, formerly really? Olympic Stadium. I think it's Turner oh, yeah. Field now. Um, so they're getting a new ballpark. It's going to be pretty crazy there, you'd assume, at least for the last game. Emotional. I remember um, when the Tigers sucked, when the last game of Tiger Stadium yeah. was... It was insane. Vividly, yeah. It was insane. Um, so one but, would hope the Tigers go in and, and take care of business there. They're going to have, I think, Justin Verlander, um, Matt Boyd, who had an interesting outing this weekend, and Jordan Zimmerman, who you, you never know what you're going to get right never. now. But they, 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 they need a, a sweep. If they lose one more game of these next four or five games over there, I think it's four games left. They can't lose one game. The Orioles they have? truly cannot. Uh, pardon me, I couldn't hear you. Who do the Orioles have? Do we know? Uh, I'm going to look right now. Um, I think the Yankees, and I think they go to Yankee Stadium, right. which is no easy task. But if they're uh, if they're being held to the fire, you know, it's and I I'll be honest, I have written. I, I've got guys. I borrow from time to time. My buddy um, Evan lives in Dallas, and he he's a full MLB package guy. Literally watches every Tigers game from Dallas. Shout out to Evan. Well, shout out to Evan for that kind of dedication. Um, but really get to know a team. I had written them off a while ago. I, to be honest, coming into the year, as painful as it was to admit, I thought the window with these guys had closed. I don't know, 10-year window or mm -hmm. so, which is so painful because mm -hmm. starting with the Maglio, Homer to Homer against October the October 14, 2006. I'll never forget that. Coming up on the 10-year anniversary of that. I won't even. Between that and then the years when we had arguably, pretty much not arguably, the best hitter in the game, one of the best ever, and the best pitcher in the game, one of the best ever, surrounded by tremendous talent. Like when we had, what was the what was the rotation, the top three guys in its peak, would you say? Um, was that when it was Scherzer, Verlander? Yeah, like Porcello, Price, or... Sanchez, Scherzer, Verlander oh, was yeah. the playoffs. The year they lost to Boston. Um, oh, that was the. I think that was the hardest. They, 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 they been, left the World Series on the table that year. They lost to. A that might have been worse than. than that might have been worse than the Cardinals uh, or the Giants' loss. I'm not sure, mm -hmm. but like they had this team that just they built it. I loved how they built it, and they just deserved to get one. And to have it happen, the exact same thing both times. Sweep the ALCS. We're the hottest team in baseball. We're going to steamroll anyone, and then they pump the brakes. For like four or five days, and then have to face that super hot game seven team, mm -hmm. and these guys don't take off. I, I mean, I'm just making excuses, but I really think it's a big factor. They three day, yeah. They they don't take three days off since the All Star break, and they have to pump the brakes, and then they can't get it going. And it happened mm -hmm. twice again. The Cardinals was a wild pitcher error series. They, they should have beat the Red Sox. They, there was no reason to lose to the Red Sox. And that right grand at slam. Chicago, my least favorite town in Boston as a sports town. I can't stand their fans. And with all due respect, it, they, they, they think they're the darlings of America. And it was in the shadows of the Boston bombing, which I can appreciate. But, you know, we have our issues over here, too. And we could have used... Yeah, World Series over here in Detroit. A lot of people died that weekend. I mean, Detroit. I understand you have all that. You have that was a tragedy and it was special and all that. But like, they literally have had a championship in all their teams within the last few years. They're the uh, only city to win four pro major sports championships in like a seven or eight. Um. So no love loss for them. I man. 
It just this team deserved it. The city of Detroit deserved a championship. I mean, we haven't had one since was two thousand seven when I uh, two thousand eight Detroit Red Wings two thousand eight Wings. Yeah. Um, seems like yeah. a long time. Now, Grant, it, it it's longer in some other cities for sure, but to, to be a four sport town. So, I know where you're going. I know where you're going with this, and I'm I'm gonna go in regards to the window being closed. Um, I thought the window closed when Jim Leland left, personally. Um, I, I don't want to say I knew this would yeah. happen. I think that's when a lot of people yeah, came up that was That last year against Boston, that was it. That was the year, um, and, they, and they failed, and they couldn't get it done. Uh, that being said, um, I think that just the trades they made last year at the trade deadline that some people were so against, um, I, I think those two or three trades alone have put them in a position where the window is going to be open for one more year next year. At the very least, one more year. Um, Justin Verlander is amazing. He starts slow. Everyone's always on him in April and May. Yeah. He's historically been a slow starter other than his... Talk about a guy who fucks. Yeah. Oh, man. He's fucking the best of the best right now. And we're talking about actual fucking now, not fucking. Um, All the fucking. So Justin Verlander... Oh, man, is still that MVP going. year was so... Same with Miguel Cabrera. Is that the Boston year? Miguel Cabrera is the a San slow starter. Um... I think the year he won MVP. Yeah, what about it? Was that the year we lost to the Giants? Uh, or I want to say that was the World. That was that was either the World Series year or the year before. Um, maybe no, maybe the Triple Crown year was uh, 2012, which would have been the World Series loss to the Giants. Um, yeah, Verlander might have been 2011. I, I think it was 2011. Either way, the window isn't closed for this team for one more year. I love Daniel Norris. I love Michael Fulmer. Um, I think Zimmerman will get back to. I think he'll get back to his good ways next year. Verlander, there's your four guys. Then you know, I don't know who it's going to be between Matt Boyd, Mike Pelfrey, and, and Adibal Sanchez. Adibal Sanchez came around towards the end of the year, but he's shown that he might not have it anymore. Um, oh, I would love, 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 and it's what the city needs for just to go on like a Colorado Rockies esque flaming hot streak, yeah. win out. Mm-hmm. Have all of a sudden Verlander, Zimmerman are at the top of the games. Cabrera's stroking and going. Oh my God, that'd be so much fun! That and then take awesome. down and then take down the Cubs and ruin their season. That would, the, the most amazing part of that would be to take down the Cubs. That would be that would be the kicker, the selling point for me. Drinking the tears of the Blackhawks fans dressed in blue. The only thing better than Boston fans' tears is Chicago fans' tears. Um, but the the window is open. Maybe Columbus fans. They're getting yeah, Columbus fans. Um, Ohio State fans. Uh, the, the window's open for the team. They're going to be good next year. They're, they're going to have the rotation. They're going to have the lineup. Uh, most of the guys are under contract. He, you hope Justin Upton will uh, get have more of a consistent year next year and get better. Um, you hope you don't lose Castellanos and, and uh, J.D. Martinez and Iglesias and those guys. That, they were bit by the injury bug this year. And then on the pitching staff, they need a couple lefty arms in the bullpen. Um, you'd hope they'd stabilize the the closer situation, but the issue is going to be if they finish strong here um, and they do get into the playoffs. I see Brad Austin probably coming back, and I don't think that's a good thing. I, I think he's the think he, he's the you don't want him back. Team. He's, he's the common denominator. I do not know, but I also don't know who you would replace him with. But he's been the difference. They say a manager can be the difference in five to ten wins a year. He's the difference in five to ten losses. 
process this year. I blame him for the streakiness, which I don't like. There's there were times there was a time in May where they were on a nine game losing streak. I don't know if you remember that. You can use like two or three of those nine wins right now. You could have used some of those wins against the Cleveland Indians right now. He's mismanaged the bullpen. He mismanages some situations with pinch running and pinch hitting and uh, not trusting guys. There's been an issue with trusting guys over the last few months, like Stephen Moya and uh, Jacoby Jones. And I think one of the one of the harms to this team would be to bring Brad Austin back. And then it's a matter of, you know, if who's in charge of the team? Is Chris Illich in charge of the team? In that case, are they going to spend money? There's, there's some interesting questions that are going to be answered this offseason. But that being said, I'm sticking to my guns. I think the window is still open for at least one more year, as long as Justin Verlander's still producing. I like yeah. it. I hope you're right, man. So big, biggest issue for Detroit right now, is it poverty, Brad Osmus, or Ken Holland? Oh, we don't have enough time to do Ken Holland right now. We're going to have to save that for <laughs> next time. I uh, know. I just uh, I know how you feel about that, man. We'll save. We'll do yeah. some some off season stuff next podcast. Um. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can uh, cross paths soon. But I think we can touch base after the games this weekend. Go blue. All things aside, there's only one important, really truly important thing, and that's going on in Ann Arbor on Saturday. Hope the boys get it done. But uh, I think this went well, Mike. Yeah. Can't uh, wait to we'll- do it again. Got a lot to touch on. Get that going. Need to start getting some sponsors on here, some some table reads. Um, get going. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. But uh, let us know what you think of the podcast, and we'll see you next week. Slim Shady, brain dead like Jim Brady. I'm an M80. You little like that Kim lady. I'm buzzing, dirty dozen, naughty rotten rhymer. Cursing that you play is worse than Morty Schottenheimer. You acting in the motherfucker you bitch your style from. You ain't gonna sell two copies if you press a double album. Admit it, fuck it, while we coming out in the open. I'm doing acid crack, smack coke, and smoking dope then. My name is Marshall Mathers, I'm an alcoholic. I have a disease and they don't know what to call it. Better hide your wallet, cause I'm coming up quick to strip your cash. Bought a ticket to your concert to come and whip your ass. Bitch, I'm coming out swinging so fast that it make your eyes spin. You getting knocked the fuck out like Mike Tyson. The proof is in the pudding, the stats that Sean Holman. I slit your motherfucking throat worse than Ron Goldman. So when you see me on your block with two blocks, screaming fuck the world like Tupac, just don't give a fuck. Talking this shit behind my back, dirty Mac and telling your